Thanks for listening. If you'd like to schedule a one-on-one coaching with Dr. Lodi, please visit drsudliff.com. I am an American board certified OBGYN, a mom, a Muslim, and I'm talking about sex. This is the Muslim Sex Podcast. Welcome to the Muslim Sex Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sadaf Lodi. And this episode is everything you need to know about health and wellness uh, by Dr. Robin Tiger, who is my guest here today, joining joining us here on the podcast. Uh, Before I get into it, the very first thing I want to make very clear is that I'm not giving any type of religious or medical advice. So if you have any concerns about your health, please speak to your medical provider. And if you have any questions at all regarding your religion, please ask your friendly neighborhood religious leader. It's the Muslim Sex Podcast because I just happen to be a Muslim woman who talks about sex. So I am super excited today. I have with me Dr. Robin Tiger, who will be talking today about mental health and stress and wellness and things that we can do and how stress affects intimacy and desire and libido. So Dr. Tiger, welcome and please introduce yourself to all of our listeners and viewers and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you so much for having me. It's really an honor to be here. And about me, um, my background in medicine is that I'm a board certified fellowship trained diagnostic radiologist and a stress management expert. And I'm the founder and CEO of Stress Free MD, where I focus on educating physicians on how to have a whole person approach to relieving their stress, to building their resilience, and to improving their overall well being. That's awesome. Just your voice right now is calming me. Oh. <laughs> Great today. <laughs> awesome. So tell me a little bit about um, how you started on your journey, and then we can get into the kind of uh, the heart, the meat of the topic, which is about libido and intimacy and uh, what happens with stress. Yeah, so I had a pretty straight track. I went to college, I did medical school, internship, residency, fellowship, and got a job and was doing the doctor thing, right? And I was working in a private practice and I had two amazing little kids, great husband, beautiful home. On the outside, everything looked perfect, but I noticed over time that I started to develop a lot of symptoms and symptoms that seemed really disconnected and they didn't seem to make any sense. I developed migraine headaches with intractable vomiting. I had vertigo and tinnitus and spontaneously bleeding gums. Like what does that have to do with anything, right? I had reflux and body pain and these really strange intermittent paresthesias where I couldn't feel my hands. Like I would actually be in a breast biopsy and I would not feel the biopsy gun in my hands or I'd be driving my car and I wouldn't feel the steering wheel. I'd be cutting up vegetables and couldn't feel the knife. Wow. And I was exhausted and I was stressed and anxious and reactive and couldn't digest my food. Um, very out of focus, right? Totally couldn't couldn't focus on anything. And I started to have some dark thoughts. Initially, they were just thinking, wow, you know, maybe made a wrong decision. Maybe 
this wasn't what you're supposed to be doing. And they just led into maybe I shouldn't be here at all. And since we're talking about libido and sexual intimacy and arousal, all of that was affected as well. I just felt flat, like nothing, Mm -hmm. like just Mm -hmm. like a robot, like Mm -hmm. no desire, no libido, nothing. And so that was a symptom that was also prevalent. And I don't really talk about that much, but it was there and it was very real. Mm -hmm. And I took lots of pills Doctor, each doctor I saw gave me a pill. We call it a pill for an ill, right? So I had a pile of pills. They didn't work. Imaging studies were all negative. Blood tests were all negative. And I was going to PT, OT, acupuncture. You know, I had every specialist, GI, neuro, <laughs> you name it. I saw it. And uh, I had three friends die from suicide. And they were oh, all wow. doctors, three physician wow. friends. Wow. And so I said, geez, you know, I just realized that I'm kind of heading down that path and I don't want to be like them. And Western medicine right now is not the answer. As much as I totally love Western medicine in this situation, wasn't the answer. I was already exercising a lot. I was eating a plant-based diet. So there had to be something else. And then my doctor brain just went out and just started to do some research to find what else I can do to help myself And it was there that I found other methods, other modalities that actually helped me relieve every single thing I described to you, including bringing my libido back. (laughs) So, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Journey. So, so tell me what, um, what brought everything back? What made you feel better? So I kept hearing about things like yoga, things like meditation, things like coaching and all these different different things that were sort of out there. And this was about 15 years ago, right? So we're not talking about a lot of this stuff then. And I thought those, those things aren't for me, right? I'm a gym rat. <laughs> I'm, I'm running races all the time. And I don't, I don't know what those people down there are doing. They're, they're doing weird things with their bodies and they're listening to weird music and wearing weird clothes. And I had all of these preconceived notions that they weren't anything for me. But I was hearing more and more about these other things. And I really had tried everything else that I could imagine. And so there was this 101 series about five minutes away from my home and yoga and meditation. And I thought, well, I don't know. Should I try it? Should I not try it? I saw it over and over again and I didn't want to go alone. So I grabbed my next door neighbor who's a nurse and I said, hey, let's get out of the house. You want to try this thing? And she, she kind of rolled her eyes at me and I rolled my eyes back, mm-hmm. but, but we went. And I have to tell you that after the very first session, I started to feel better. I, I was exhausted going in there. I worked all day, did a ton of biopsies, read a ton of cases, got home, fed my kids, bathed my kids, put them to bed, got to this thing by like 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. And at the end, I was actually not tired. And I was really clear and I was very calm. And so my doctor brain said, what just happened? (laughs) You know, what is going on? And that's when I dove into the medical literature and I started to research, you know, what I was experiencing. And I was really, really surprised that there were so many articles documenting the benefits of these disciplines for what I was experiencing. And over time, over time, over time, and with more study and getting certified in the disciplines that were helping me, 
all of my symptoms went away. And it seems that the diagnosis that everyone was missing, including me, was that I was suffering from a whopping case of chronic stress. Wow. And that, yeah. And so learning how to actually create balance homeostasis in our autonomic nervous system, learning how to decrease those cortisol levels and decrease those cytokines, the inflammatory markers and all that inflammation allowed for all those symptoms to go away and for me to feel better. And that's what happened. (laughs) Yeah. Fantastic. So what have you seen? I know that you're a coach as well. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what have you seen in say patients that come to you with perhaps like decreased libido or decrease just, you know, interest and arousal, let's say, um, within their relationships, you know, is there something that you, a process that you take them through or, you know, how do you go about analyzing how to help them? Yeah, it's really interesting because when I went into helping others, it was really for all the symptoms I described minus the thought of the libido. It wasn't even what people come to me for. But what I came to understand was they're verbally saying, I'm sleeping better. You know, my body doesn't hurt that much anymore. I I feel comfortable. I can eat my food, digest my food. I'm not reactive. I have focus and concentration. People love being around me. And then I get the whisper, and I got my libido back. (laughs) Right? (laughs) And things are really good in the bedroom. (laughs) You know? And so it's always that whisper. And I came to understand that it wasn't just me, but by educating others in stress relieving tools and bringing that homeostasis back to their autonomic nervous system and allowing them to work with their thoughts, it also affected their ability to be intimate, to enjoy intimacy again, to be with their partner. Um, And it was amazing. Mm -hmm. And so that was really icing on the cake that I wasn't expecting, but that's what I'm hearing over and over again, which is so wonderful. And so I started letting people know that, hey, this helps that too. People knocking more on my door. <laughs> yeah. So many studies actually that I've been reading recently discuss that with mindfulness and how that uh, plays a big part actually in arousal and in libido for women that experience that. And they've noted that once a person can be present um, in what they are doing, then they can take that mindfulness also into the bedroom and then experience just through that mindfulness also experience increased arousal and libido mindfulness right and that makes sense because if you're able to focus on just what it is that you are doing at that moment then it would make sense that that increases your libido and your arousal, right? Because you're being very present. You're not focused on like, say, dishes that have to be done or laundry that's sitting there or your kids or whatever. It's You're just focused on what it is you're doing at the moment and being very present. So, Yeah, that's absolutely true. What I find is that that's step two. Mm. So it can be really hard to be mindful when your brain's full of stuff right exactly. and you're and you're out of balance your sympathetic nervous system is on overdrive so what i have found is that using the approach i like to call it a bottom up and top down approach meaning bottom up working with your body's physiology to get to that homeostatic state to get to that balance in sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system and then working with the mindfulness 
Mm. It's so effective because it can be really hard trying to be mindful and in the moment when there's so much other stuff going on. And when your nervous system is dysregulated, it's really difficult to start working with the mind. So I mm. find that working with the body first gets you to the place where you can then work with your mind. And then it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> That's fantastic. So, so what do you suggest when patients come in and ask about working with the mind? Like you're saying it's um, working with the physiological aspects of stress, right? So you're talking about decreasing stress. So how do you do that? Like how do you counsel or coach patients to do that? Yeah, well, I like to think about stress relieving techniques as being divided into three main categories. Right. As doctors in particular, we're box checkers and we like things super organized in the way that we think and most individuals do as well. So one category is breath. And so it's very accessible to you. It isn't anything you have to go out of yourself for. And your breath can actually do four things. It can calm you down. It can wake you up. It can cool you off. It can heat you up. So in this situation, we're going to work on using your breath to calm you down. And back in medical school, we learned a lot of anatomy and physiology, but we didn't learn how to work with it, that we mm -hmm. actually can breathe in a certain way, focusing mm -hmm. on some physiology points to calm ourselves down. So breathing a certain way can bring that homeostasis. Next is working with your movement. So somatic-based movements in particular are very, very relaxing and calming. When you stretch a muscle, that's a spinal cord reflex. So if I said to you, sit up right now, and anybody listening could sit up and bring your shoulders back, you know what that feels like. But if I just tell you just to relax, your shoulders are going to come back again where, where they just were. Because stretching doesn't increase the resting length of your chronically tense muscles. So when you move in a somatic-based way, and they're very specific way of movement, you can actually create that length again, just release that chronic tension, and feel more comfortable in your bodies, right? So releasing that tension, that musculoskeletal component. And the third component is your mind. And that's broken up into two parts. We talked about mindfulness, and that comes along with meditation. And then life coaching, which comes along with working from your thoughts. So everything except the life coaching is that bottom-up approach, getting that body regulated and balanced. And then the thoughts can come in. So that's how I work with people, teaching them tools from those three categories. That's excellent. So, and what have you noticed? I know that you said that you mentioned that people tend to feel a bit more relaxed, probably a bit more focused, I would think. What have you noted in your clients? Yeah, totally. So, I mean, we know physiologically that the stress response affects erections. Right? affects erectile, erectile function. So males that I work with have trouble with erections. And in females, the sympathetic nervous system decreases lubrication. It decreases the swelling of the clitoris. And so we find the opposite, the opposite happening. When people are able to feel calmer and be more in balance and be more in the present moment, those issues go away. Erections are no longer blocked. Lubrication is increased. The swelling is increased. And sexual relations are more pleasurable. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. What is the typical age of like, say one of your clients? Are they, do you have like an age range or is it just anyone and everyone? 
What have you noticed in your experience? It's pr- I would say pretty much 40s to 60s. It's where I am right now. Um, mm-hmm. Probably closer to 40s to 50s and some in their early to mid 60s. That's where I'm seeing a lot of a lot of clients. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering just because I'm thinking like, you know, during the time of perimenopause, right? Women go mm-hmm. through so many changes and then we hit menopause and then the estrogen goes away, the lubrication, the, mm-hmm. you know, all of the things, the libido, everything tends to decline. You know, we lose that estrogen. So I'm wondering how that impacts also the stress, right? That women already mm-hmm. have and are experiencing all these changes. Have you noticed anything like a difference between your, say, like your perimenopausal women and your menopausal women in terms of how well they react to the coaching and, you know, the benefits of that? Have you noticed any difference between the two? Yeah, I definitely think that we need to add some aids when we get into that perimenopause, menopausal time, you know, compounding um, hormone creams. Again, we're not talking about giving medical advice, but it's very common for a practitioner to um, to uh, prescribe estrogen, testosterone type creams to keep the vaginal tissue healthy, right? So mm-hmm. we ha- we can't only work with our tools to get that homeostasis going and then um, combat what's going on hormonally. So we do need to combine everything together. So whether it be adding, you know, uh, lubrication for when um, women are and men are um, experiencing intimacy, um, aiding with lubrication is fine, aiding with, you know, whatever your doctor is prescribing with respect to the vaginal tissue. Um, You know, there are many different things that can help that. So it's not saying when you go into menopause, you, nothing, you're not gonna need anything else. Definitely not saying that. I personally use a compound cream. It's made things a lot better. Definitely use lots of lubrication. Um, I think there's no shame in any of that and putting it out there and letting people know that that's normal and that's okay. Uh, but it still works in conjunction with keeping your stress response down, getting your mind engaged, getting that balance and using what other aids that you need to keep your body as healthy as possible during these changes. Right, right. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. It's amazing, right? Uh, The effects that stress has and especially chronic stress and the increased cortisol levels and the adrenals working over time in the stress. Um, Are there any other modalities that you recommend for your clients or your patients? I know you talked about breathing and movement and stretch, you know, is there and the life coaching. So typically, Mm -hmm. When a client, when you take on a client, how many, you know, is it, do you do like a package? Is it like a, um, how many sessions do you typically do before you notice a change in, or before a client notices a change? I'll frequently hear in the first week that people are feeling better because Mm -hmm. they, they learn some self-regulation tools give them a little bit of each. They listen to meditations. I have meditations for sleep, meditations for daytime. And a lot of the things that I teach are very, very quick to do. So even though a typical class, for example, might be an hour long, um, many of my clients are physicians and they're super busy people, right? So I have deconstructed the tools to just a couple minutes. You know, if you've Mm -hmm. got a minute, I've got something for you to do. If you've got 10 minutes, I've got something for you to do. So really keeping things accessible. And they feel better pretty quickly because you can actually work with your own nervous system 
very, very quickly and feel better really, really quickly. It's amazing. We were just never taught this stuff. <laughs> I don't know why, <laughs> but we yeah. learned. <laughs> Definitely we're not. No, that's amazing. So, so what if you took um, the people listening to this podcast, would you mind taking us on through like a one minute meditation? Oh, meditation? Sure. Yeah. Okay. We can do a meditation opening up the senses. So if you're listening, um, even if you're driving, you can go You can go ahead and do this. I just would not recommend closing your eyes, of course. Um, so wherever you are, make sure that you are comfortable in your seat. And that means that your feet and your back are supported. And you don't ever want to choose between that. So if you have to put something behind you or something under your feet, do that. If you are lying down, make sure that you're comfortable lying down. And if that means putting a pillow under your legs and under your head, do that. And then just settling into whatever support is beneath your body. And if you'd like to just soften your eyes, you can soften them or close your eyes if you're comfortable doing that, as long as you're in a safe space to do so. And then I invite you to open up your senses and your five senses are always available to you. Drawing in anything that you may hear, the sound of my voice, the sounds that are surrounding you, maybe inside the space that you're in, the sounds that may be outside the space you're in, noticing all the sounds. Maybe even the sound of your own breath. Notice anything you may be tasting in your mouth from the last thing that you ate, the last thing that you drank. Noticing anything you may smell. It could be coming from your skin, your clothing, the air surrounding you. Any sense, noticing any sense. Whether your eyes are opened or closed, noticing what you see. That could be colors, shadows, lights, textures, shapes. And the sense of touch, sense your body being touched by your clothing. Sense the parts of your body that are supported beneath you, behind you. And sense the air touching your skin that's not covered. Notice the sensation of the temperature of the air touching your skin that's not covered. Just opening yourself up to all five of your senses, what you smell, what you hear, what you taste, what you feel, and what you see. And then noticing how you feel as you've opened yourself up to sensing all five of your senses. You can rest here or you can open your eyes and continue doing whatever it is you're doing. And if you enjoyed that, put it in your toolbox and pull it out whenever you need it. That was amazing. I loved it. 
I loved it. That was great. And your voice is so soothing. <laughs> I have one doctor that said, your voice is like an audio spa. I want you to record something and I can play it through the speakers in my office. <laughs> yes, it is. It's fantastic. Well, that was amazing. I, I feel myself already being relaxed. Now, that's, that's so good. And I see the importance of, you know, calming your nervous system down, right? We're so... Mm -hmm stressed out and everything is on hyperdrive and um to calm your mind you that makes sense to calm down your nervous system yeah we, we spend most of our time between our ears with sixty thousand thoughts per day and we're disembodied so what i just did is i invited you to sense your body and the more that you can sense your body the more you'll become back into your body you become re-embodied and then you'll give your brain some space to actually think clearly so whenever you can bring yourself into your body, and this is an example of doing so, bring your attention to your senses, which are always available to you. You can give your brain some space and some clearness and some clarity, and then you can focus and actually think. That's so true. That's amazing. Well, I think that was so good. And I hope our listeners and our viewers are able to take in everything that you said. Now, how can our viewers and our listeners get in touch with you if they wanted to schedule a session or, you know, read up more about what you do? Where can they go? Yeah, they can go to my website, which is www.stressfreemd.net. If anyone wants to schedule a free session, we can get on a free chat and talk. I also have four free videos right on my homepage, and they're only five minutes each because I know how busy you are. So if you're interested in the categories of tools mm -hmm. that I described, you've got one of each in those four videos, and I welcome you to testing them out and starting to incorporate them into your life. That's great. I know that you've given a lot of keynote speeches also. Um, in the past and you go to, is it you go to residencies or hospitals to talk about stress and how to de-stress? What do you, yeah. Yeah, I've, anywhere I can. I, I have a podcast, which is Stress-Free MD Podcast, where I teach tools as well. I present virtually and in person at institutions, at um, conferences, uh, wherever I can. <laughs> Wherever somebody has a group that wants to learn, I'm there. And I love it. I love it, whether it's a small group, whether it's several hundred, a thousand. Um, everyone needs this information. Everyone needs this education. Everyone deserves to learn it, to learn how to take care of themselves and to feel better by themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's fantastic. Well, thank you again, uh, Dr. Tiger. And um, thank you for joining us. And I am done here. It's been real and really intimate. And remember, this is not meant to be any type of medical advice. So if you need any medical advice, please see your healthcare provider for any concerns you might have. And until next time, this is the Muslim Sex Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to schedule a one-on-one -on -one coaching with Dr. Lodi, please visit drsalaf.com. And until next time, this is the Muslim Sex Podcast. Mm -hmm.